0: What do people say when they're wrong? Well, I'm I'm old, so I'm right. You're a blank, so I can write off everything that you say, and you should too, dear audience. I need to sound smarter than I am, okay? You believe this, which is dumb, and therefore you're dumb. This armchair is not going to pay for itself. philosophers philosophers So David what are we talking about today? We're doing a little bit of a of a return to form. Um oh. So this is going to be very similar to I I think it was our our second episode. It was it was no, not our second episode, but a very early one in which we uh, discussed fallacies. Ooh. Okay. But this time we're not going to just be enumerating the fallacies. Um we we have gears that have been ground. We're gonna go in the field. No, we're not. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, <laughs> talk about fallacies. talk about talk about times where we were in the field. um yes. In which people uh, used dumb reasoning that annoyed us. Tales from the field. <laughs> Battle stories, if you ba- will. <laughs> War stories <laughs> on the in, on the battlefields of internet debate. <laughs> So this is one time I was on Battlefield Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Truly um, a fate worse than death. Please don't debate on Reddit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what purgatory is. <laughs> I was wrong about it last week, but I think I figured it out by now. Um. Okay, yeah. So let's talk about some of these. Um. I think we have a list to get us going, but I feel like we might extend beyond this list. This is definitely a a, a very tangent rich environment um <laughs> <laughs> t-r-e i love it that that's a good name for a podcast tangent rich environment that is a good name we're changing the name of the show oh no yeah. we're not we're just start a off show yes yeah that's a uh, trademark us now yep i just said yep. we'll have the intern clip that out yep we keep pretending it exists so um so what what do people say when they're wrong um there's a lot of things that wrong people have said to me before. Um recently one I got was someone telling me that I was using the slippery slope fallacy. Um Yes. So what actually is that before I demonstrate the person's usage of it. So the slippery slope fallacy is when somebody uh mm when someone is advocating for so-and-so a thing, person says thing is wrong because if thing, then this follow-on thing that is actually not related to the thing. Yeah. <clears throat> this is also a nuance rich environment as yes. well where it kind of depends. So the way I view it being used wrongly is when someone says things like, well, if we allow you know gay marriage in this country we might as well just also allow people to have, we might as well just allow bestiality. Like it's the same thing or one's that one is definitely going to be get the other. It's right. It's it's kind of like confusing the causation and it's like in correlation, but nobody is advocating for that. And and especially not the people who are advocating for gay marriage. Right. Right. And and to be fair, it, it does prompt an opportunity to disprove that it's fallacious by providing some evidence that, x behavior or x thing will lead to that thing but then you would have to prove it it's not you can't just say this will beget this i think more importantly if you say this will be get that the appropriate response instead of just saying well that's the slippery slope is to give the other person the opportunity to prove what they're talking about and then if they can't say well you're just trying to it's kind of like fear mongering by the slippery slope fallacy yes so what happened to me (sighs) was (laughs) was <laughs> what happened to you Joe? what what ha- what happened was um i was talking about uh gun regulations in the united states uh-huh. and how we should not allow any gun regulations and i had other reasons as to why we shouldn't allow them at all but another point that you know as debates go if you keep harping the same point over and over again some points just may not stick well with certain people yeah and sometimes they don't care about the your number one, two, three, four reasons, but there might be other reasons further down on your priority stack that they would see as a higher priority, right? Yes. So So one of the ones I was talking about was how, you know, what barriers can we set? Because in this particular debate, we were talking about um, school shootings and violence against children, things like that. Right. That we- is a common thing that gets people thinking about making new gun laws. Yes. Um, bad thing happened ergo we must regulate um and the point i was trying to make was that how many school shootings are acceptable and of course the answer is zero correct because nobody because a school shooting is unacceptable right? right and no one's going to come out and publicly say until there's only 10 school shootings a year or less we are going to regulate yeah, that, firearms. Is, that is political suicide yeah <laughs> exactly and so i propose like Because whatever number you set, let's just say we take a gradual approach like all democracies should and we implement some form of regulation every five years until it reaches the number you set. So I asked my interlocutor, what's the number? And they said zero. And I said, do you think that we will ever achieve zero school shootings? And they said, no. I said, cool. Ergo, we will eventually erode the right all the way away one step at a time because we will never achieve the goal that you're setting out for. And because your goal is unrealistic and because you're really not caring about school shooting so much as you're caring about kids dying. That's the thing you actually care about. You are just going after one facet of it. And they said, well, that's just the slippery slope fallacy. And I was like, well, hold on there, Junior. You just agreed that it was going to have to keep going because you would never actually reach your goal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in that way, I had already kind of demonstrated how, yeah. yeah, And this, this this, this breaks the slippery slope fallacy because the slippery slope fallacy would be like okay well we're only advocating for this so it's unfair for you to assume that we're also advocating for this but it's like no but you actually do think that we would have to keep going right likewise if i hadn't set it up this way you maybe could tell i've been doing this for a while and as to why i set it up this way Mm -hmm. um you can also point to you know other policies that have been implemented where these one policy tends to beget the other you know uh, canada is a great example and american politics loves to look at examples of what goes on in other countries you Mm -hmm. know well countries like to look at what one another are doing yeah sure and that's totally fine um but one of the things that i would point out is that every single country that has implemented some form of gun legislation very seldom do they stop at that one piece of gun legislation yeah that's the thing is that yeah it find find me a country that actually has stopped at the middle ground that you think is reasonable right and good luck you won't and and at least Un, not the unless one that i think the middle reasonable. ground you think is reasonable is very heavy restrictions right. which is the thing you're trying to <laughs> say you don't want right it, it, it's it would if the person would have just been honest and said well i just don't think we should have any firearms at all and that was their position from the get-go then i could just disagree with that Altogether, but even they, I think, understand that that is an unreasonable proposition to the majority of people. Most people think that there should be a middle ground. The problem is is that if they're anchoring their position and I'm giving ground, the middle continuously shifts towards their position, Mm -hmm. right? And so that I think is, in a nutshell, the abstract, where you'll see most slippery slope fallacies wrongly get enforced is when that person is anchoring on their position, but you're willing to negotiate. Anytime that you would say that it's you capitulating to one of their things and them not giving any ground on something else. It's fertile ground for someone calling out a slippery slope falsely because they're anchoring their position. Mm -hmm. Right. So that doesn't sound as flashy when you put it in the abstract like that, but I do tend to see that being what happens, you know, which is one of the reasons that I would say that there are some topics that I give zero ground on and why I adopt some of the positions that I do. I adopt an absolutist policy when it comes to firearms rights and to um, speech for these reasons. Like, it has no longer become tenable for me to be reasonable about these things because. Well, define reasonable. D- to negotiate these things right. or to try to find middle ground because if the other person is not willing to take a middle ground stance. That's the thing. It's like, if you're not going to be open minded about this, why should I be? Exactly. Um, because, yeah, I do think there are some areas where maybe. You could talk about these things. I'm not super stoked about certain people having firearms, but I would rather err on the side of everybody getting them, including dangerous people than no one getting them, including you know people who might need them for protection. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you kind of just have to deal. You have to debate for the environment that you're in. And when the environment gets really polarizing, unfortunately that if you're trying to be the person who sits in the middle, you're going to lose ground either way. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of doesn't befall you, it, you know, Taking the high road in that case is not is taking the losing road because those who have the courage of their convictions, which again, even though I disagree with some people on their conclusions, I can at least admire to some degree their willingness to stick to their position, even if I think it's stupid, but I would have to do the same. Like it just strategically makes the most I sense. I don't admire that at all, actually. You don't think so? No, uh, I think that you should always be open to, to discussion and to have your beliefs challenged because yeah, people like that, like, yeah, there's some sort of like romantic vision of people, you know, staying firm and and grounded in their beliefs. But honestly, I think that's just a holdover from religion. Hmm. Um, you know, keep the faith, um, despite challenges. And I think that is unreasonable. See, okay. I, I get what you're saying, um, to some degree. I think it depends on the nuance in this because to me, what I if if the person if the person is open to hearing other arguments and the arguments that are being made are not convincing enough, there's a boundary lane to Yeah, it. You should be skeptical. Right. And I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you should be open minded you shouldn't be gullible, but you should be open minded. Right. I guess what I'm saying is I admire the will to not negotiate just for the sake of having negotiated. Right. Like, and hear me out on this. Like, for example, when it comes to like free speech for me, mm-hmm. right, I, you know, I'm not going to engage in a debate about what speech restrictions we should have just so that I can be a good faith debater. I would have to hear the arguments first, but I'm not going to debate because I, I'm not going to debate it and try to find the common ground because finding the common ground no. is the moral i don't think that. well if that makes any sense okay define finding the common ground do you mean making a compromise yes okay that's not what i mean i I know that's not what you mean i was trying to say that's but that's what i mean because i i don't mean to say that i i admire people who you know stick their fingers in their ears and just stomp around when they're wrong and keep their position that's not what i mean yeah what i mean is that i i admire people who have their positions for reasons that's the thing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That fair enough. Yes. If you have reasons for your position, um, I guess, I don't know. It depends. Yeah. I, I guess the, the thing that I'm also getting at here is that I know that there's sp- always, I, I think, I think the the main thing is that, okay, yeah, you can have reasons for your, it is, it is honorable to have reasons for your position, but it is not honorable to just assume that those reasons are the, the final conclusion. Sure. Because otherwise you're being arrogant and assuming you can never be wrong. Yeah. That, that Someone else might point. know something that you don't know right. that would contradict your reasoning. No, no, no. I totally agree with you. I, I guess what I'm saying is I have been around too many people that are looking to make a compromise just to make everyone happy. And that's their no. goal is making people happy. No, I don't m- like those people not <laughs> sticking to their positions because of their principles and reasons. Yep. Right. So in, in that way, I respect people who stick to their principles, who stick to their positions because of their principles, not just for the sake of, well, I see you're unhappy with me. What can I do to make you happy with me? But also keep as close to the stance that I have now. Mm. I have no respect for that. I think that's cowardice personally. E- e- mm. Cowardice might not be always be the right word, no, but I can see where you're coming from, yeah. yeah, so uh yeah, that's the slippery slope for me. Do you have any fun examples of when you were slipping on the slope <laughs> um so this is sort of uh adjacent to this of of you know someone like accusing me of using fallacious reasoning or like or just you know bad faith debate tactics. Um, so this one particular person that I have, uh, often argued with is a great fan of the, of the term, what Um, mm-hmm. and so, and this is, this is a, a useful term from time to time, uh, when people are just trying to distract from the point you're trying to make by bringing up some irrelevant topic, um, kind of like a red herring. It's, it's basically another name for red herring. Yeah. Um, you know where you, you might you know lay out a reasoned argument for a thing and then they say oh well what about the this you know that's a whataboutism um but it is also it's similar to this this last example that we were talking about it is occasionally brought up where like either just for using the phrase what about mm. Um, or not, not necessarily that, but like, okay, this person will cry. What about for me using an analogy mm. Yeah, where it's like, I'm going to make this analogy to help you or to try to help you see the way that I am framing this, right? The way that I see it in my mind, right? So you can get an idea of what I'm thinking and then you can ar- argue around that and then that becomes that's a whataboutism we're not talking about that we're talking about this their own whataboutism <laughs> well sometimes it's not their own whataboutism it's just but well, we're not talking about that stick to the topic and it's like i am sticking to the topic i'm just putting it in different terms so you can get an idea of how i'm thinking about it cool so this just yielded <laughs> like three tangents in my head while you were talking about that great let's let's talk about this scenario as is but the the tangents that i'm looking to go down here are People using debatey words in a debate to, at strategic moments, call out that you might be doing something just for debate purposes, thus your position is ingenuous. Uh, that's disingenuous. Disingenuous, yes. yeah, that's that's the one tangent. Um, the next tangent is um, the actual thread, actually, it's not a tangent, which is talking about whataboutisms, uh, or but the other tangent about whataboutisms is when you use an analogy, or even when you—it's essentially a na- framing wars where mm-hmm. I put it in this analogy, but then the other person says, mm, "That's a whataboutism." What about the? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then what abouts me back? Um, or, yes. or we're arguing about the analogy because we're both strategically. Because it may start as one of us innocently trying to create an analogy again up to the person making it it's Mm -hmm. hard to know whether they're being legitimate or not because especially in the day where most people are not original in their debate tactics they go watch someone on youtube (laughs) and get some talking points yeah and get some talking points and then adopts their analogies because those analogies have been carefully constructed to bias in one way or the other Mm -hmm. because in the reality framing well, is probably true game. that yeah and most analogies are biased probably yeah. um because you are trying to reveal the way that you think about a certain situation which is probably biased right um so that's fair but 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 the whole yeah the utility of analogies is that you can expose your own biases like that and then someone can can say oh well your analogy fails to actually represent the topic at hand because this doesn't line up with this right like there's a reason why you know it i i have said many times no analogy is perfect yeah and that there are multiple reasons for that one is that two things are rarely exactly alike. um but the other is that, and the reason that you are thinking of these two unalike things as alike is because you are a flawed, biased human being. Right. Um, but that's what makes them good. It helps move the discussion forward. You're revealing how you think about the thing. And either someone can point out a flaw in your reasoning because you are biased, or somebody understands where you're coming from, and you can convince them that that is the, a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. One of my favorite things that happens when this occurs is uh, when you unravel the analogy back to the original point because you can't agree on the terms of the analogy. Mm -hmm. Um, Good example of how this happened for me once. I was making the analogy of I'm minding my own business and then someone tells me I need to do that and I say no and they pull a gun on me and this was an analogy for taxes Um, because it's true. Uh, (laughs) At the end of the day, someone with a gun will show up to your house to make you do whatever And the person was like, well, that's not really true. I mean, when's the last time someone with a gun came to your house? There's levels to it, and... Sometimes it is justified. Yeah, but what's at the bottom though? Right. Like that, that's but, the thing. It's like no, no one ever has showed up with a gun to my house to collect my taxes. But that's because I've been paying my taxes. Right. <laughs> but but what, what ended up happening was is I was like, okay, well, okay, what's the levels then? And we ended up going all the way back to the analogy. of we ended up abandoning analogy and going back to the same debate of like why it's ridiculous. And <laughs> we just walked our way right back out of the analogy because we he he couldn't agree to to all the steps to get to my conclusion, even though we did agree on every single one of the steps in isolation, he couldn't agree to tie them all together that that is the chain of events that would occur, which was hilarious because it was essentially like... What happens if I don't pay my taxes? Like, well, you'll be a fine, or you'll have to pay more taxes later. And I'm like, okay, but well, what happens if I don't do that? And they're like, well, you'll be sanctioned. I'm like, okay, well, what happens if they do that? They're gonna go to court. What if I don't go to court? Well, then you're gonna be sanctioned again. I'm like, okay. So far, I've paid zero dollars to the government, by the way. And he's like, go, oh, I understand this. I'm like, and so far, how much money has the government expended to try to extract my taxes? Blah 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 blah, all the way down the chain. And finally, he was like, well, then you're gonna be arrested. And I'm like, okay. What if I resist arrest? And like, well, then you're wrong for resisting arrest. And then I was like, then what happens? He's like, I don't know. Because like, you can't admit to what you, the final step. What do you mean you don't know? Yeah, someone right. with a gun shows up to make sure that you do. Right. And, the, <laughs> and they pointed at me and say, get on the ground and put your hands behind your back. And if I say no, guess what? You'll be shot. I will be shot. Yeah. And, and well, if I started it, what happens if you, the police show up and are attempting to arrest someone and they resist what are they going to do and they're like they might wrestle you to the ground and they might fight you but i don't think they'll shoot you i'm like yeah but what happens if i'm better at fighting than they are and like well i doubt you're as good at fighting as the police i'm like but what if though but what if though entertain the hypothetical though like yeah yeah, you're right i'm not very good at fighting but that's that's beside the point yeah so maybe I what if i am a champion kickboxer or whatever right (laughs) or what if i have my own gun yes that's the other answer is that what if i have a gun Yeah. yeah it's like oh well then they could shoot you it's like oh okay cool so that's the the the, the end I'll be all that's at the end of this chain of events. So why don't I just for the sake of argument uh just skip to the end for the analogy and they're like, Well, because, because you're al- losing the nuance, and it's like, what nuance? We just what, went through it. What like, nuance, yes. This is ultimately backed up by a threat of force, yeah. Right. So we, we just went in circles because it, I would have proposed the analogy, mm-hmm. he would disagree with the analogy, we would go do all the nuance that was we were hoping I was hoping to avoid with the analogy. So we went through it and laid it all out. And then I skip back to the end again and he goes, well, that's not true. And then we just went through the loop. Great. So yeah, it's great. Awesome. Wonderful. Analogies are useless when you can't agree on reality. Um, So (laughs) that so far has been all kind of under the first bullet point. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll go ahead and, and continue to the, to the, the next thing that, that I have here, since these all kind of fall under the category of fallacy fishing, yeah. Um, which is a term that I just came up with for this uh, behavior of. Um, so this is sort of adjacent to the fallacy fallacy, uh, which I think we did talk about in our fallacies episode. But for those who are unfamiliar with the fallacy fallacy, um, just because somebody uses fallacious reasoning doesn't mean that their conclusion is wrong. Yeah. Um, you can have a correct conclusion for bad reasons. Right. Um. Okay. So here's an interesting thing about that, though. Real quick, is it fair though to not accept someone's conclusion because of re- fallacious reasoning? Yes. Okay. Um, yes. I've if done someone that if someone is if someone is trying to convince you to change your mind about something, and the argument that they present is fallacious, you are within reason to reject that argument. Okay. But. Um, like, okay, th- suppose somebody else comes in who does have a reasonable point, and you just write them off without hearing their argument because, oh, I already talked to this guy, and he used a fallacy to try to, to say that, so you're just wrong. Okay, fair enough. That's the fallacy fallacy. Gotcha. Um, so, fallacy fishing is, like, looking for excuses to dismiss what somebody else is saying because they're making a point. <laughs> That, that's ultimately what we're talking about here um i guess that's kind of what this whole episode is about but especially the the slippery slope and what thing yeah it's the ah uh, you have you have said a thing that is adjacent to a thing that i know i can use to just write off your entire argument yep yeah and i think that fits into another broad category for the next point which is dismissiveness broadly speaking mm-hmm. uh so this next one that i had was oh you're a insert group here member right. label you're a label you're a label um i get you're an end cap from time to time even though i'm not technically right mostly because that label has adopted a bunch of other people in the group that i don't agree with but still so uh i love having made a point and someone says oh you're an label which essentially is just trying to cast you in a negative enough light to kind of signal to the other people in the room listening, Cause this is not really for them. It's yes, not for this you. Is, this is another one of those for the audience things. Right. Um, yeah. You're a blank. So I can write off everything that you say and you should too, dear audience. To be fair. I have, I'm absolutely guilty of this one though. The number of times I've called someone a commie <laughs> and use that as my justification for why you shouldn't listen to this person when they maybe weren't, to the T, a communist. They may have just been a socialist. It's bad What's enough the difference? What's the difference to me? But still, there's nuance apparently. Again, I'm, I'm being as charitable as I can be because I could see someone who's not a communist being PO'd that they were called a communist. In the same way that I would be a little peeved if someone says, oh, you're a libertarian when you're not. Right. You know, it's, it's hair splitting and it's probably wrong to do that because it's kind of bad faith arguing maybe there's a place for it eh, i don't know but it, it is one of those things that when it happens to me i don't like it i think <laughs> the, 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 the problem with that is that you're pulling in baggage right yeah you're you're using the label to draw on useful baggage to your to your position right right and normally the way i deal with it when someone calls me this I usually just do the same thing back and the baggage usually cancels out or we both are no longer valuable to anyone else in the room. And it takes us both out. It's like, well, mutually assured destruction. Someone comes in and says, Oh, you're a, you're a libertarian. I'm like, Oh, you're a commie. And then now no one listens to either of us. Right. Um, or they continue to listen to us and both write us both off as loonies in our own respective bins. Um, but yeah, it, it's usually kind of a dirty tactic I think to, to do, but I do think there's a like most things, there might be a right way to use it. Like, it, be prepared to absolutely tie that baggage to that person meaningfully, and this could be done as a succinct way to remind so, people I mean, of it. the The time, so I, 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 too have done this from time to time. It's usually not Yurikami. Um The t- the times when I think it is appropriate to to do this is to like reveal some insidious undertones to what they're saying, which I guess is true for communism. But, um, usually when I, when I say something like this, it's, no, it's it's usually not, oh, you're an authoritarian. No, it's, oh, you're a racist. Um, interesting. Like you are wearing the guise of somebody who cares about equality and whatever. But actually, if you really ask the questions that you're asking, um, and 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 examine the logical conclusions of the world that you're trying to build. You're a racist, right? Um, that kind of thing is where I pull that one out. Um, and and at that point, I don't care what you want to call yourself. I'm calling you that. Yeah. No, you. That's a good point. It is very effective, especially when people are trying to hide behind flowery verbiage or yes. motives. Yeah. That that's totally true. Like. Yeah. To me, the authoritarian or tyrant—I actually don't use the racist one very often. Um, I don't use it often, but that is of this type of thing. That is the one that I think of the most. Yeah, the the one I use the most is tyrant um, or commie. <laughs> but still, the the tyrant one is usually, um, oh, you just don't like what someone else is doing and want to make someone else go force them to stop because you're petty or because and and belittling or belittled. You know, uh, and Mm -hmm. the commie one is usually a veil for, oh, you're talking about all of this fairness and justice when in actuality you're jealous or, you know, you just hate seeing other people be successful, which is a form of jealousy. Um, Is it always true? No, but I also don't always employ it. I usually save it for when someone's trying to hide behind things that sound great. But like you said, there's the insidious undertones. Mm -hmm. It's very effective, but but only effective when it's true like i said i think there's some pretty easy ways to yeah you can't it. just write off everyone who disagrees with you as a communist or a racist or a whatever right, right. But it's also gonna be careful too because i think this is one of the ones that if you overplay it too much you will be written off as a labeler <laughs> <laughs> right yes. so use sparingly um breaking break place have your dictionary ready as well yep be able to defend the label that you give someone yeah only break glass in case of emergency and this is behind the glass um oh how often have you gotten this next one hey uh do you have a source for that right citation needed citation needed and then you provide citation wow this is from x source don't even need to read it i know it's false or this again having not read it there's three variations i've heard of this that that are all kind of summed up in the I don't need to read this to know that it's wrong, <laughs> but um, citation needed followed by one of the following source is bad, period. Mm-hmm. Didn't even need to read it. Um, that's too long. You need to read it right, to me. TLDR. T-L-D-R, yeah. TLDR. Please, which again is just your argument that you asked for the citation for, um, or C something to the effect of looks at source. It's either too long, too short, doesn't fit, isn't right, is dubious, or, well, that's just one source. Right. Moving you know, the goalposts. Moving goalposts. Yeah. Goalpo- yeah there's, it's, long story short is, asking for a citation, but not respecting the citation when it is provided. Right. Yeah. Because of one of the reasons. Yeah, if you demand a source and someone gives you a source, you must be prepared to read it. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the thing. And if you, and if your whole thing is, well... I didn't expect you to actually have a source um, and I don't want to read it. Then you need to leave, right? (laughs) You need to be done. You've lost by the way. Right. We we either, we either assume that my source is correct because I gave it or like, yeah, or you can read it. And if you don't have time right now, that's fine. We can stop right now and you can read it later Mm -hmm. and we can pick it back up. Or something I've done before is, okay, well you have a source. So for sake of argument, I will accept this because I don't want to read it right now for the sake yeah, of argument. Yes, that's the other way, yeah. If you want to move forward without actually reading the source, then you assume the source is correct for the rest of the argument. Okay, and then if you still run up into a roadblock, then you say, okay, maybe this really does hinge upon the source. Right. Yeah. Uh, you either then it either goes back to that source or you move beyond. And that the actually source. is the, the the better way to do it because it may turn out later in the discussion that 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 point that is being. Uh, argued that there's a source for isn't actually all that material to the argument right Uh, i think there's a parallel to this which is a better place to be to be honest and it's when i use a source and then someone comes at me with another source and at that point i usually am ready to capitulate not capitulate but i'm ready to call a tie and say okay let's go read each other's sources and that's a for the record, these are the best debates. Yes. if It's a good debate if you're both pulling out sources. If you're actually bothering to get sources, yeah. Yeah, and you're both providing them, and you both haven't read them. So, congratulations. <laughs> you need to stop, and you each need to go right. to your you're, own work. You are teaching each other things, yeah. Yes, this is the best possible outcome of a debate for everyone involved. Like, yes. it's the biggest net gain is everybody learns something. Not the. It may not be the best feeling for you because you don't necessarily this is also win. why internet debates are just objectively better than in person debates because you can do this. Yeah, you can just whoop, source. Yeah, because you're a nerd. And if you, you carry haven't like attracted source. an actual crowd of people to watch your debates who are going to be upset if you say, "Oh, yeah, I guess we have some reading to do." Bye, everyone. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but I wanted to see more mud throwing, you right? Know? <laughs> um, which again is half the time. While I'll be like, "Cool. Well, I'll accept your. I'll accept tacitly that this is true. Not fully capitulating, but." Uh, fine for this point continue arguing assuming that you're right about this yeah because that's why we're here to argue because it's late and we have nothing better to do i guess right um (laughs) uh all right next one is oh you haven't because you haven't proved it it's false by default now when i first wrote this i wrote you can't prove this so it's false by default and you can't actually agreed and and i see what you're getting at because falsifiability is a very important part of a claim yes um well and this is this is mostly about the burden of proof right Yes. so if you were trying to convince me of a thing to change my mind um and i'm challenging you and you can't prove it i will assume that it's false by default right and so and this is where it gets interesting because most of the time when I'm debating something with someone, okay, another tangent, I hate getting into the burden of proof debate, which is, I'm right, you need, you to, need prove to prove it. me wrong. No. And and the other person's like, no, I'm right, you need to prove me wrong. And it becomes essentially a laziness debate of who's going to actually have to do the work. Who gets to argue from the, de- who gets to be defense, who gets to be offense. And the answer is, whoever made the first claim. <laughs> whoever made the first claim must prove it. Yeah. But no one accepts that because then, because especially in the places in which I debate voice channels, Mm -hmm. I know that you're, I assume you're more text based these days. These days, you can actually go pull the transcript and go, all right, well, who said what first? Then that's where we're going to go back to. In the VC, (laughs) that ain't flying because we don't have that. And so what usually ends up happening is someone finally. It's seen as, I guess, a lot more even where it's like, fine, we're both just trying to prove each other wrong. And so it's kind of, and this can get bad because then two, it's technically two debates in one mm-hmm. where I'm not only trying to prove that I'm right or try to substantiate my claim, but I'm also trying to disprove yours. And these can go in different directions, but people will feel the need to keep them on the same thread because they think they're debating the same thing and maybe right. they are but their conclusions they're not but they're actually debating the different conclusions and it gets messy quick so this is one of those where it's like i don't know if i feel like i'm getting into this situation i honestly don't feel like continuing and I'll, and sometimes i'll even just i'll capitulate and just try to prove them wrong uh even though i don't feel like i should have to mm-hmm. um Just because at least then I'm only having to follow one thread (laughs) and I'm not having to both support my point and disprove theirs. Or what I'll do is it'll evolve into a back and forth where I will assert, I I will both simultaneously point out, this is why you're wrong. And part of the evidence as to why you're wrong is this evidence here that also happens to support my claim. And that kind of goads people into then trying to chip away at your claim mm-hmm. or your argument. Um, because people hate being told they're wrong and love to go look at, you know, why you think you're right when it's also a point as to why they're wrong. Yes. Um, but no, that I, I, the number of times I've gotten into a, no, nah, the burden of proof's on you, man. Shifting the burden of proof. It, that Fortunately, I think to most people who are watching a debate, it's not a popular tactic because it's seen as lazy. Right, and that can even be true when it actually is. I don't actually know anything about your claim. Please prove it to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's proving that you have only superficial understanding of what your opponent is saying. Right, and also if you're just telling the other person to, the way I also look at this as an extrovert who loves hearing my own voice. Oh, invitation for me to talk more. Oh, don't mind if I do. Um so depending on the type now of person I will take you are the floor and preach for a while <laughs> yes you have given me the podium sir thank you i will make sure you regret it you fool yeah. you fool <laughs> you fool <laughs> um so yeah it that's one of those where it really is meta very meta E. uh is is that um, yes so the next thing um, um gatekeeping mm. that's, that's essentially what this is as as a blank I can say that you're wrong because you are not a blank. Yeah. You do not have the lived experience of re- me group. Yes. So me great. Right. As I, a member. Of I me know group. things that you don't know because I belong to this category. Yeah. Um, which might be true, but that doesn't mean that you're right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there are a couple of groups, of people that I argue with from time to time, or the couple of people that I argue with from time to time who love to adopt this one. And it is always very, Sketchy when I get into it because this is also there are a lot of traps to be laid around this where you can absolutely step on them and lose the debate before you even get started. Um, let's call it let's call it what it is. Um, anytime you get into a debate about race, congratulations, welcome to the minefield of you're a racist, and guess what, you're always the racist, especially you know if you're a member of certain races, yeah, or not a member of the target race who happens to be the subject of discussion, um there's also the phobe wars where you know hmm eligibility community here uh member of whichever letter congratulations if you're not a member you're a phobe you you open yourself up to that possibility i'm not going to sit here and pretend like all members of these groups always cry racist or cry phobe and oftentimes it's not even them when I get into these debates, it, this it's is somebody else on their behalf. Yeah, yeah, this this is great for audience participation. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, um, yeah, I hate this. Actually, I really hate being told that I can't. You're not allowed to have an opinion on this subject. Yep, yeah, I hate it, a- especially as a member of the most apparently ignorant group of people on Earth, yes. the straight white men of the world. Um, hi, I- I'm here from the WASP uh, community <laughs> and would like to. <laughs> um make a make a point here uh yeah no i i have been told because i am not a woman i cannot understand this nor do i have a dog in the fight so i should shut up and that to me is the biggest issue it it is i think it is actually okay to talk about your experience as a member of a group especially when that group is the subject of discussion sure that is totally fine what i hate being told is that i can't even speak about it that grinds my gears more than anything that but i will say the second thing that tends to grind my gears about it is not just that you cannot speak about it but also this weird shifting totem of tendency to say x group is not a monolith except when i'm speaking for x group as member of x group then right. it is monolith. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the other thing that pisses me off yeah yeah, X Group is not a monolith, except when I am their spokesperson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are some times when this is fine. Well, no, there, there's some times when even the other person will call this out, and I appreciate it. Good example when I'm having a debate about, uh, especially in the larger the group, the easier this is to, to to occur. I feel like, but like when I'm talking about like feminism, for example, yes. and I'm speaking to a woman about feminism. And they tell me, well, not all women want X, Y, Z. Cool. Agreed. I'm glad that we're not going to go down the rabbit hole of, because woman, I speak for all women. That's good to hear. And even if they do decide to do that later in the debate, it's callbacks are awesome in debate. It is great. If you can call back to something that they said. That- Remember that time a few minutes ago when you said. <laughs> yeah. Love that, by the way. Um, excellent, excellent opportunity but uh no, almost I, as good as the i told you so almost it's a you told you so actually yes. um yeah which is kind of sweet and it's but regard. you said hmm but what happened to Insert quote from them, not yep. even taken out of context because right. it was four minutes ago and everyone remembers. Everyone it. knows the context. They were yeah, there. We were all there. <laughs> oh, I love that. Don't you love it when someone says you're taking that out of context? I'm like, I don't know. Let's let the Let's audience. Let's appeal be the to judge. the audience here. <laughs> Am I taking this or out of context? What do they know? Well, they were here. They so need the whole time. <laughs> yeah, they were here the whole time. Turns out we don't need to you know, a whole lot of uh digging to figure out the context of that. <laughs> um it's interesting that you call it gatekeeping. That's not what I originally thought when you called it that, um, it is that it's just yes. weird. Cause that was not, I, I think of another thing as gatekeeping, um, which is the credential, the credential. Right. I am a subject matter expert on blank. Yeah. Which technically it's the same thing, except the credentials for the person are, uh, <laughs> default membership status. But normally when I talk about gatekeeping, I'm thinking of education. Like I, I am educated and you're not. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay. Beyond just the default membership. Interesting. Have you ever had that pulled on you before? Uh, Where someone's like, oh, well, I have a master's in X, so... Uh, I, I don't know if I've had that before... Um, I've definitely had, a you're not a doctor or a scientist. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yep. I've used that one too, actually, to be fair. Um, particularly back in, uh, like anytime someone starts talking about medical misinformation, as a person who is a huge fan of modern medicine, by the way. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Um, having a life expectancy that's not 40, mm-hmm. um, and, and an infant mortality that's not mm, you know, double digits. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty great. But yeah, I, I, but to be fair, you can't just dismiss what someone says because they're not a doctor. Right. But I just think it's snooty. Yes. Because also, th- this is another thing. That, so have you seen these YouTube videos where it's expert explains topic to graduate student, undergraduate student, high school student, middle school student, five-year-old, yeah, like kindergartner what's trying to be illustrated by this there there is always deeper understanding to be had about a thing yes but also you typically need to be more educated to explain to a less educated person Mm. right it is actually harder to explain a complex subject to a dumber person right yeah Try explaining, like, quantum superposition to a six-year-old, right? Hard. Even if you understand it, it it hard. Because six-year-old doesn't have the underlying bedrock of concepts, maybe, that you would need to build to your point. And the ability to break down and isolate what the key points are that will be true, even when all of the middle gaps are made up, can be left on the bedrock of the six-year-old's knowledge, that's pretty difficult. Yeah. Um. And don't be wrong. I, I, I've i heard plenty of teachers talk about this, and I would just like to point out to you that, yeah, but you didn't come up with that lesson plan. You just copied it from someone who was way smarter than you. So, yeah. again, teachers, you're still dumb. Um. And you deserve to make every – you actually are overpaid. So, again, can't let the teachers feel good, too good about themselves here. You know, sorry, knock you down a peg. Um. But, no, that, that's the kind of gay people I think about is, you know – I, I have paid a lot of money to get a piece of paper that lets me know that I'm smarter than you about this which again there's a possibility when someone reveals their true power level in the form of their education I will treat them a bit differently than someone who's just coming in off the street oh, sure like okay like this is this has happened a time or two uh, it's not it's not often that my field comes up in, a, in an argument unfortunately uh, mathematics Um but occasionally we'll be talking about a thing and I'll, and I'll say, well, actually, no, it kind of works this way. And the, like, what do you know? It's like, well, actually, I have a math degree <laughs> and I do know a thing or two about this topic. Yeah. Um, like, so it's, it's not like I have a math degree, so you are wrong. But it's, but I do know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. Right. You, the grain of salt you need to take with me explaining this concept can be a bit bigger. Right. I'm not, I'm not a Wikipedia expert on this. Right. I actually did study it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, I am, I cannot lean on my education as much as I wish I could, both due to lack of practice and, well, lack of completion of (laughs) my education. Lack of actually having the piece of paper. Sure. But still, you can be very strategic and, well, I, I, you know, I studied this for X years. And just because that number of years happens to correlate with a the number of years that it takes a normal person to get a degree in it, <laughs> arguably just as important, but still, um, I'll say so. Um, and but but to be fair, also the I think this also depends on the field, right? Um, engineering concepts can be counterintuitive, but they're also very easily demonstrable. Because they usually deal with the physical world. Like, I can very easily go find a very short video of an event happening to prove what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. It's a little harder with math to go and find a convincing 30-second YouTube clip of, yeah, see, obviously, this is why it works. Well, also, math is a philosophy, right? So there's disagreement even inside of mathematics about things. But you can still reason your way into, like, okay, but here's, like your idea about so-and-so a mathematical thing is wrong because in these contexts, it doesn't work. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I know we're like, like it is more useful to think about it in this way because these contexts. Right. Okay, so th- we're going to tangent on a tangent here. Um, I do actually... That is one of the things I do like, arguing from a position where I can lean on some of my experience. There are some fields in which you actually have to prove it, and there is an objective... Way to prove it. Yes. Like it's, science. Like science. It, because it's not theoretical at a certain point. And no. It, the, the theory is just the equations that you came up with to describe the thing. Yeah. But the actual thing that you're proving is in the real world and you can't argue with reality. Right. And right. we can... Things just happen the way they do and they don't care how you think about it. Yep. And at the end of the day, I can just say, if you don't believe me, here's the experiment. Do it yourself. Right figure prove it, out. it. Yeah. you prove it to yourself i don't even need to prove it to you this gets so much harder in sciences which is not the same as a science like things that adv- evolve around statistics mm, yes um good example social science arguably yeah it's a science but it's a lot harder to prove those things because you're dealing... You're using a lot of inductive reasoning. Yeah. And inductive reasoning is not entirely wrong, but it's really hard. Um, yeah. and we have, we have it easy in mathematics where inductive reasoning actually can be proven 100%. Well, yeah. Um, there's a theorem for that. Um, there's a theorem. Where if you can prove that one thing approves the next thing in the step guess what? You've just proved an infinite number of steps. So you're right. Yep. Um, you can't really do that in the real world though. It's also a lot harder to perform a social experiment than it is to perform one that's built on something that's a lot more concrete. Yes. It's just like the, the quantum observer effect. You measuring changes the behavior of the subject you're measuring. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and this leads, I think, into a good... I'm skipping one to the next point because mm-hmm. I think it rolls nice. Yep. Is when someone tells me it's common sense, you know. Right. It, which is another way, which is another way of saying the meaningless claim of it is self-evident. Yeah. Um there's a particular group of people that like to use this one. Actually, two groups of people that I argue with that like to use this one. It's some of the people that also are gatekeepers but they're gatekeepers to the years of experience they've existed on this planet more than me mm. which i hate um b- boomers yeah. <laughs> um i particularly parents and grandparents when i go to the good old family dinners and my older relatives and i are arguing about something and they whip this one out i know i got them on the ropes um because or they're getting tired of arguing and they they're ready to settle it with the well i'm i'm old so i'm right (laughs) Uh, which is essentially what they're saying when they appeal to their own quote-unquote life experience which is just the fact that they have more years of it than me regardless of the quality or you know yeah um there's that and oddly the same group of people that these tend to overlap with conservatives like to use Mm -hmm. this one a lot common sense conservatives which is weird because I think that's where common sense gun control comes from. It's an appeal to the conservative, just fetish for the phrase "common sense." Yes, they love they love them simple as common senses, you know. Um, but no, not all things are common sense actually. Right. The fact that we're arguing about it proves that it isn't. Yeah. But I do think this is often an attempt to make it seem like I am the unreasonable one because I even bothered to bring it up. Which is essentially trying to throw water on the fire before it gets going. You know, mm-hmm. While well, it's just embers. So, yeah, no, I don't appreciate it uh, at all, actually. And uh, frankly, one of the worst behaviors I exhibit in debates, <sighs> hyperbole, is often employed when someone goes to this point. And uh, I'm kind of ashamed to say that more than once I have moved things to the level of genocide over something super simple (laughs) just to get past the it's common sense barrier. Because if I throw my goalpost way over there and you have any, because this is another weird correlation I've noticed in my experience debating people. Those who like to appeal to common sense also kind of like to be those people that appeal to, you know, because if it's common sense... Everyone has to kind of agree. So they're also kind of tacitly looking for everyone to agree with them, right? Mm-hmm. So they're also the same people that'll fall victim to if I throw the goalpost way over there, they're going to have to shift to meet me somewhere that's more reasonable for the conversation. Yeah, this is totally gamifying debate, but I also do it for fun. So yeah, I, I do this to be honest. And yeah, maybe I'm kind of an a hole for doing it <laughs> or for not, but I don't know. I'll just be honest about it. Um, just saying, I don't know if you've ever had debate with someone's like this and have tried that, but if you do, I'm, um, I would be curious to see if you could re- replicate the success of going, It's common sense that we should just do this. Yeah. Yeah. We absolutely should. That's exactly what, you know, Germans thought right before Hitler genocided 6 million Jews. And everyone's like, Whoa, well, that escalated quickly. Hey, hold on a minute. Hold yeah. on a minute there. Yeah. And then now we're talking about my topic anyway. So good. I'm glad we moved past that BS. So, <laughs> um, is that dirty a little a little yeah i'll be honest it is but effective <laughs> <laughs> um so i think we have one more on this list which is good because we've been at this for quite a minute here yes surprisingly it doesn't this feel is, this like this is it. lining up very nicely to our usual episode time length thing whatever the word duration for that is. yes that word uh, and we should come up with the philosopher's dictionary of phrases that are just way too long for the phrase they actually mean because <laughs> uh, we've had quite a few of those um, we should get our intern to go put together a compilation of us using long phrases in place of common words <laughs> yeah, of a, of a word that most people know that we could have used instead <laughs> yeah but i need to sound smarter than i am okay this armchair is not gonna pay for itself how are we supposed to get up to an hour if we don't <laughs> <laughs> um so what's the last thing uh I, we skipped it I'm looking back to the list. Um so this is uh gatekeeping adjacent but not, oh, yeah. not really. Um so this is uh actually it's 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 somewhere in between gatekeeping and the labeling one that we said earlier. Um so the uh, the phrase that that was put here is uh oh well this coming from the person who believes x stupid thing. Um Yeah, you're just dismissing somebody because like you're you're basically Saying, ah, well, you believe this, which is dumb, and therefore you're dumb, so anything you say is wrong. Let's talk for a brief moment about the currency of a debate. Yes. Goodwill is a currency mm-hmm. in debate, as is appeal from the audience. It, this is one of those that it really sucks to be on the short end of. Mm-hmm. When you have made a dumb claim and were proven wrong oh boy do it sting but oh boy can it pay dividends if you continue to debate which is often why if you lose as a fellow debater let me tell you right now it is best sometimes to just shut up take the l and log off and go to bed and not try to lose as much sleep as you're going to over it take a shower if it helps wash that off you know go to bed try again tomorrow (laughs) because uh, that's when i usually see this one get employed um when i have taken the l on a point and then a topic I really wanna talk about comes up. boy, this one stings, mm. yep, um, or if you debate with the same group of people enough, man, the number of times people are willing to bring up when you took an l on something yes it it just keeps on going, <laughs> um. Which is one of the reasons I will not debate meritocracy, by the way. Mm. That is an L I cannot help but take for some reason. I don't know <laughs> why. I just keep taking that L over and over again. Um, boy. um, But yeah. Um, it's wrong to do this. Because just because you're wrong about something doesn't mean you're wrong about something else. But is it fair to call into question the logic of somebody who is refusing to capitulate on an issue. Right? Um, Because you're kind of in a rock and a hard place. Like, if you and I were having a debate about something in front of a group of people, mm-hmm. and you did the honorable thing and took the L when you knew you were wrong, right? The moment I employ that you are wrong again, you kind of only have two options. You can either double down and go right back to where you lost before and get lashed again, or... Which is dumb. Which is dumb, or... You have to admit you took the L, which isn't dumb. but No, it, that can actually gain you a lot of goodwill. Yeah. Uh, not in I, my experience. I, I don't know. I think, I think you could spin it in such a way to do it. Be like, yeah, I was wrong about that. Now I've learned. Get over it. What's your point? We're talking about something else now. Yeah. Move I, on with your life. I guess. Get the, over yourself. The, the, yeah. the best <laughs> I've seen is, yeah, but at least I'm honest to enough to admit when I was wrong. That's the best I've ever heard of recovery. Yeah. That, that, that really is what I'm, what I'm getting at. It's like, yeah, okay. I was wrong. Everyone's wrong sometimes. And I was honest about it. What's your point? Yeah. The best you can do is move past it and try to make back some good faith, which is true. You were good faith and you should remind people that, yeah, I'm a good faith debater, especially if you are, which I would hope that you would be listening to this podcast. Dear listener, you're probably a good faith debater. That's why you're here. I hope. I hope. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one—it still stings, though, because you're immediately starting off from a disadvantaged position, though, because even if you capitulate, and admit you were wrong, and you do the honorable thing, honor don't mean squat, um, which we've I think discussed before, um, and you're still going to have to fight back from that possession. So you're you're going to start from a losing angle and have to work your way back, and sometimes, okay. I'm going to talk about this like my, the way my dad talked to me about things when I was a kid because it reminds me of these conversations where it's like, look, son, I know this ain't right. But <laughs> like, um, sometimes it's best to just take the topic that you, you know, take a break, wait for the topic that you can slam dunk. Yeah. And then come back in and dunk that topic and now you're back. Like you, you've rebounded to where back to normal. Now, should that mean that you should just ignore debates that you think you have good input for? Probably not, but you you know, it's hard to say. It depends on why you're debating. If you're debating things honestly and you're just trying to learn things, by all means, you shouldn't have to deal with this. But if you're worried about it, you're probably not in a place where you're debating to learn. You're debating A for fun and B for the audience, like most debates. So, you know, Pick the tool that's appropriate for the job, yep. I'd say for this one. And and again, I'm gonna have to go take a shower after this one because I feel dirty <laughs> having said that, but no, it's tough. And I think the dogs want us to wrap this one up. For those yes. I, I don't think that anyone else could hear it, maybe. I definitely think that they can. Yeah. No. As the one who edits all the audio for the yeah. show. I know how sensitive these microphones are. I thought the intern edited these. I am the intern. oh. Big big philosopher's lore reveal. <laughs> Put that in the lore Bible. <laughs> quick, quick uh, last minute anecdote. Are, are you familiar with what a show Bible or a lore Bible is? I've heard of a pitch Bible before, but no. So I was uh, watching an adjacent podcast um, about this uh, with some people who worked on a television show. And they there is a person whose job it is on a television set to sit there and record facts Mm. about the world of the show and compile them into a bible interesting so you can search it and it's indexed multiple ways by linear chronology by character by location and it just records a list of facts according to the cinematic universe about that thing and so and this is referred to whenever often. you're writing the next thing. Yeah, so that you, you don't, don't contradict yourself. Exactly, and, it, and I thought that's really cool that um, that would be a really cool job to be the. that is a cool job. That's my kind of job. Yeah, to be the professional mm, um actually, actually person. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a cool job. Um, so we'll be listing a job posting on Indeed.com for the. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor, by the way. Not sponsored, by the way. Although Indeed, if you're listening. We'd, we'd appreciate it sure um <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no it's just that i know that, that is a true tangent has nothing to do with this episode nope, but i found all. it super fascinating <laughs> um but yeah this was fun i, I like talking about a very meta discussion about the debates we have instead of the topics we usually debate yes and i'm sure there will probably be a part two to this at some point because we debate enough I I was thinking about it during this episode. We actually have done two episodes that are like this before. So we did the the fallacies one that I said and then there was also the uh like how to argue for science and when Yeah. which was uh I, I don't know if that's the title that we used for that episode but 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 that one. Right. Um so so yes. So now this is the third installment in uh, how to argue slash how not to argue. True. Which what's the point in knowing anything except to argue about it? Philosophers. If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description, or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.